All right, guys, and welcome to Dotrid on America, and I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing today? It is Friday, January 21, 2022. One, two, one, two, two. How's everybody doing today? Today's show is brought to you by Redcon One. That's right. Redcon1.com is uh, the nation's, the, the world, the fastest growing supplement company going right now, guys. This is the fastest growing sports supplement company in history. A mission-based company founded on a simple principle. Create the highest quality supplements for people who trained or people that need to be at their best. Go to Redcon1, use the link at the bottom of whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. And I'm going to get you in on a little deal here, guys. Today being Friday, if you're listening to this this weekend, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, hopefully you are because they're having a great sale this weekend. 40% off. 40% for zero, guys. Go to the website. Use the link on the podcast app right now. If you spend $75, I'm going to give you a free hoodie. If you spend $100, you're going to get free shipping. If you live in Florida, you're going to get it in a couple of days. If you live anywhere in this country, you're going to get it in about five business days. If you order this week and you have it by Friday. Guys, I'm telling you right now, it's great stuff. I'm not just telling you this. I'm, I'm a customer of Redcon and since became an operator, a tier operator, and they're a sponsor of the show. I'm not leading you astray. If you work out, if you run, if you go to the gym... Total War is great stuff. Their protein powders mix really well. And this weekend, you're getting 40% off. Go to the website. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app, guys. Speaking of which, while you're here, uh, while you're on your podcast app, if you give me a good rating, if you're on Apple, give me a five-star. And most importantly, guys, no matter what app you're listening to this on, please share this with your friends. Tell them about DontTreadOnAmerica.com. Go to the website, subscribe, become a detomer, and uh, you'll get updates, you'll get links, you'll get stories. I do a blog on there. Um, I try to be as active as I possibly can between my job and trying to get this podcast together. So if you guys want more information, you want more insight, go to the website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And from there, also, you can hit our social media links. Don't tread on America on Facebook and Instagram. Dtom underscore 1775 on Twitter. And if you want to follow me on TikTok, uh, I'm there. I don't really do a lot on TikTok. I just look at videos. <laughs> I, I've posted, I don't know, about five or six things on there, and I've been kicked off of it twice, so go figure. Anyway, all right, guys. Today's show, I've got a few items. I'm going to kind of kind of hit you quick and get on out. Uh, um, all right, so another more bad news for Biden and his uh, vax mandates. Uh, district court in Texas overturns a vax mandate for federal employees. We'll get into that. I got a little bit on Hunter Biden and uh, a little bit on barrels of oil in which we are purchasing from a certain com- uh, country. We'll get into that. Also, um, it seems that no country on this earth right now can seem to agree with what COVID is or isn't, how important it is, how deadly it is or isn't, as the case may be. 
And then I'll have a little bit of breaking news I was putting while I was putting this together today. Came across just as I started to record, so we'll go over that before the day concludes. All right, on to the first story. In Texas, the uh, Southern District of Texas in Galveston Division, a federal court has enjoined the Biden federal employee vaccine mandate. Now, what the hell does enjoin mean? When I first started reading this, I was thinking, holy shit, they... They upheld it. <laughs> well, enjoin means that uh, basically they're not allowed to do it. Here's the story from CNBC. And it goes a little something like this. U.S. judge blocks a Biden vaccine mandate for federal workers in latest blow to the White House COVID agenda. A U.S. judge in Texas on Friday blocked the Biden administration from enforcing an exec- executive order requiring federal employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The ruling marks the latest setback for President Joe Biden, whose efforts to boost U.S. vaccination rates through sweeping workplace safety rules have been repeatedly stymied in the courts. Judge Jeffrey Brown, an appointee of former President Donald J. Trump, wrote in a 20-page order that Biden's executive order amounts to a presidential mandate that all federal employees consent to vaccination against COVID-19 or lose their jobs. Because the president's authority is not that broad, the court will enjoin the second order's enforcement, Red Brown's ruling in U.S. District Court in Galveston, Texas. The judge cited last week's Supreme Court opinion blocking a federal rule that would have required workers at large companies to either get vaccinated or face a weekly COVID testing. At the same time, the high court voted to allow separate vaccine mandate for federal, for I'm sorry, medical facilities that take Medicare or Medicaid payments. Brown's ruling said it was a bridge too far to let the president, with the stroke of a pen and without the input of Congress, require millions of federal employees to undergo a medical procedure as a condition of their employment. Asked about Brown's ruling later on today, uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki at Timmy, baby, noted that a remarkable 90% of workers are already vaccinated. We are confident in our legal authority here. Are you? Because the way I the way I see this is, let's assume that 98% of, of federal workers are already vaccinated. I believe about half of what anything Jen Psaki says, and I believe about half of that. Um, if you're a federal employee and you are mandated to take this vaccine or else you lose your job, because I think that went into effect, what, in November, I think? Um, and you have side effects or you get ill or something happens because of this vaccine. Now, does that open them up to lawsuits? I don't know. I personally believe that's an interesting question because as we all know, these mandates, you know, I was thinking about this. Okay. So (laughs) one of the things I like to, uh, I like to talk about on here is, uh, you know, when Biden was, um, when he was uh, inaugurated, right? So it was a year ago, what, yesterday, I guess? And, uh, you know, he said this. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, 
will to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. You. So I think it's safe to say that Joe Biden lied, right? I call that, that sound clip, I have it labeled as the biggest lie. The big lie. Because I, Joseph R. Biden, do here solemnly swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States, right? Where in the Constitution, please, if I'm wrong, guys, go to Twitter, DTOM underscore 1775, or my personal Twitter, PCGC underscore 1775. Go to our Facebook page. Comment on this, please. If I'm wrong, show me anywhere in the Constitution from start to finish where it says in there that an employer, whether it be private, public, federal, your mom, your dad, the person you're mowing the yard for next door, where they can make you have a medical procedure in order to be employed. I've said this time and time again on this podcast. Never once have I filled out a job application and there was a line there that says, what is your vaccination status? And I'm not talking about COVID, obviously that's new, but I'm talking about any vaccination. Now I got into a thing on Twitter about a week ago with somebody and they were saying, well, you had to be vaccinated to go to school. Well, yeah, okay. You don't have to be, you don't have to go to school. You can be homeschooled, whatever, and there are options to get out of that. But those particular vaccines, I'm vaccinated against polio and measles and rubella and whatever the fuck else I was uh, vaccinated against when I was a child. But those were proven vaccines. They weren't whipped up in the back room and released six months later with no trials, no testing, no you know, ramifications of what may or may not happen. And on top of that, people that took the vaccine, you had to sign a release saying that you wouldn't hold said companies uh, liable for any issues that may arise from the vaccine. So whether that was Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, or wherever you got the vaccine at, your local pharmacy, Walmart, you know, Walgreens, wherever, you had to sign a release. Now, why in the hell would anyone sign a release to something that you don't know anything about, and obviously they don't know anything about because you're signing a release because they don't want to be sued? Because no damn well, if you got sick after this, you could sit there and sue, you know, the pharmacy, Walmart, wherever, plus Moderna, Pfizer, whoever. Um, you were basically the guinea pig for this experiment, and the experiment failed. Okay? Say what you want. It was sold as a bill of goods saying that get the vaccine. You won't get COVID. Oh, shit, you can get COVID. Get the vaccine. You won't have to wear a mask. Oh, wait, you're still going to have to wear the mask. You know, I mean... <laughs> How many times are you going to let the dog bite you before you realize the dog needs to be put down? Okay. So on to the next story. Hunter Biden has made it back into the news. He's snorting. Oh, shit. Scared the shit out of me. What the fuck we got going on here? There we are. <laughs> I literally thought someone was breaking in the house. I thought I was going to have to kill somebody right here on the fucking podcast. Anyway. <laughs> All right, this is from Fox Business. Okay, so this was as of this was today, but as recently as March of 2017, Hunter Biden's private equity firm held a stake in a company run by Chinese executive with ties to officials 
at some of the highest levels in the Communist Party of China, according to emails reviewed by Fox Business. Now, uh, what this has to do with is uh, former Biden aide, not Hunter Biden, but at the time Vice President Biden, now President Biden, invested in a Chinese company tied to the Communist Party. So Hunter Biden and a Biden aide invested um, in a company that had ties to the uh, Communist China Party. <clears throat> Hunter Biden's longtime business part partner, Eric Schwer Schwerwin, <laughs> Schwer, I don't know, that guy, sent him an email in March 17, breaking down the owner's interest of Rosemont Senka uh, Advisors, in which 5% stake in Harvest Amusement Park and ownership in Harv Harvest Sports Entertainment. Um, Biden's introduction into the Harvest Group came about two years earlier when Francis Person, who served as the advisor to Vice President Biden um, from 09 to 14, was a special assistant to Biden in the Senate, sent an email to Hunter Biden in 15, July 15, inviting him to China the following month to meet with his business partner, Bo Zhang, and his family. Not Bojangles, but Bozang. And his family would host us. They are a great family, great respect with relationships to China. Bo graduated from American University in his late 20s, and his parents owns Harvest Center Group in of Xiang, which is a top-tier private Chinese real estate development firm. Um, his mom is actually the chairman of the company, in which, uh, which is unique in China. They are very private, which wouldn't tell anything about you coming. Bo's father-in-law is actually the governor of Hainan, uh, which he doesn't advertise at all. So um, the Harvest Century Group, which uh, has backing from state-owned China Development Bank, is headquartered in Xiang, China, is the parent company of multiple U.S.-based Harvest uh, affiliates, including Harvest in, uh, Investments Group, Harvest Global Entertainment, and Harvest Sports. Harvest Century's website says the chairwoman is Janglan Xiao, which is revealed as Shang's mother, according to a person's 2015 email to Hunter Biden. It is unclear that her background is or whether she is an American citizen, but her name comes up on the Federal Election Commission website. As a maxed-out donor to Person's failed 16 campaign, then Rep. Mick Mulvaney, um, Republican from South Carolina, Zhang also has maxed-out donors to Person's campaign, Schwerin and Hunter Boner, uh, Hunter Boner, Hunter Biden, both donate at 2,700. Um, now, here's a little thing here. Saki won't say whether Hunter Biden has divested from the Chinese private. Well, of course she wouldn't. Person's email went on to say that Zhang is being groomed to take over the family dynasty and that the trip wasn't about selling Biden on anything, but more about growing that relationship. And that there will be plenty of big things to come down the road that we can work on. Wink, wink, uh, nudge, nudge. Person added that Harvest was partnered with the NBA stars Magic Johnson and surprise, surprise, the China Mac Daddy himself, LeBron James, in 2016 to host the NBA global game in China. Of course, fucking LeBron James would be in that mix, right? The longtime Biden aide who traveled with the vice president um, to 49 of 50 countries he visited through his mid-2014, including China, 
was described by then Second Lady Jill Biden as like a son to Joe and me and someone who will always be part of our family. Was tapped to be president of Harvest in 2015, less than six months after he left the White House, according to LinkedIn. Uh, persons helped guide the information from the Harvest Group headquartered in Washington, D.C., served as U.S. affiliate. So here was a Biden aide was about to take over a Chinese company, which this Chinese company has links to the Communist Party. Kind of, kind of tells you a lot of stories of what Biden did as a vice president and what Hunter did as the VP's son. So he was basically the business dealer. Uh, went around to these countries. You know, he was involved with Ukraine, with the, with the petroleum company in Ukraine. Now, and then China had dealings with China. China, big businesses in China that in turn were linked to, or are linked to the Communist Party of China. And now we have the, uh, the uh, press conference that he did yesterday and basically gave the green light to Russia to do what they do in Ukraine. If it's not a major incursion, we won't, you know. This motherfucker, I, I don't know. I guarantee you it'd be interesting to see what all plays out. So is he giving Russia the green light to shut up Ukraine about something? Does Ukraine have something on Hunter or, or Daddy there? Or, I don't know. Just speculative. But it's clear to see that Biden, Daddy Biden, don't know shit about what's going on. And that's pretty obvious, right? All right. On to the next story. And this has to do with oil. So, obviously, we all know that we're paying a lot more at the pump, right? We all know that shortly after he became president, he shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Okay. Well, did you know that the U.S. is importing over 200,000 barrels of oil, over 200,000 barrels of oil per day from Russia? Back when Trump was in office, that number was around 18,000. In my opinion, that's still 18,000 too many. But point being is, regardless of where we're importing this oil from, we're importing oil at a massive amount. That's just from one country. So what are we importing from the Middle East? What are we importing from Venezuela? What are we importing from all these countries that basically hate us? Right? When we could be perfectly energy independent on our own. So this story comes out of the Canadian Energy Center. One year later, Keystone XL cancellation represents a massive missed opportunity. The U.S. needs reliable energy partners. Hmm, no shit, this could have been news of the obvious, right? It's been one year since President Joe Dipshit McGee canceled approval for the Keystone Pipeline from Canada to the United States, thirst for oil as strong as it as ever and rising. U.S. oil imports from Saudi Arabia and Russia have increased, and gasoline prices are higher than they've been in the past five years. Keystone was a missed opportunity to increase Northern American energy security, lower cost of American consumers, and reduce dependence on foreign energy sources that are hostile to the U.S. interest, says Frank Macaroli. Maca, Mac, why in the hell? I swear to God, I pick every story. And every person has got to have a fucked up name in their <laughs> Mac Macaroli Macarola. 
Macaroni. We'll call him Macaroni. Frank Macaroni, Senior Vice President of the American Petroleum Institute. The Keystone XL pipeline would have provided good-paying union jobs to American workers while delivering affordable, reliable energy to American consumers on a clo- from a close ally. Renewable energy is a U- in the U.S. is growing and demand for oil continues to surge. Consumption in 23 is expected to reach 17.2 million barrels per day, higher than before COVID-19, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Before Biden's cancellation of the in January 21, Canadian oil producers remain committed to the Keystone despite uh, waiting nearly 12 years for the project to go ahead. In 2018, a decade after the first regulatory application, Keystone had a 20-year shipping commitment for about 60% of its capacity. In 2020, that increased to nearly 70%. The appeal of the pipeline wasn't, <laughs> excuse me, of the pipeline hasn't wavered because of the end of the market. The massive refinery, refining cluster on the U.S. Gulf Coast, uh, Jesus Christ in heaven, the U.S. Gulf Coast is an ideal match for the oil at the start of the pipeline in Alberta. The U.S. Gulf Coast is the world's largest pr- processing region for what is known as heavy oil, <clears throat> and Alberta is the world's heaviest oil producer. Keystone was probably one of the largest pipeline projects proposed that would have tied Canadian supply to the U.S. Gulf Coast as a bullet train express, says Kevin Byrne, chief analyst, Canadian crude oil markets with consultants IHS market. It would have provided long-term security for both parties. The reality is that uh, becoming a lightning rod for a vast array of broader social uh, societal issues such as fossil fuels and energy translation uh, transition. Owner TC Energy committed that Keystone would have net zero emissions at the startup of 23 and that it would be fully powered by renewable energy no later in 2030. First Nations uh, communities in Canada would have been project owners holding 12 cents per day equity stake. At peak construction, uh, Keystone would have employed approximately 13,000 people in Canada and in the U.S., including 2,800 in Alberta and Saskatchewan, and uh, 10,200 in Montana, South Dakota, and Nebraska. Since canceling the pipeline, Biden has repeatedly asked OPEC nations like Saudi Arabia and Russia to increase oil production to help lower gasoline prices. In the meantime, motherfucker, you could open the pipeline, you could never shut down the pipeline, which we still paid for, by the way. And we wouldn't have this problem. You literally are creating your own problems, President Biden. So the way that breaks down is by getting this oil from these other countries that basically hate us, right? We're, we're telling Russia, we need you to produce more oil. Oh, by the way, if you invade Ukraine, there might, we might have issues. Uh, hey, Russia, make more oil for us so we can keep our gas prices down. Oh, by the way, if you fuck with Ukraine, we're going to have sanctions. Hey, Russia... Make more oil for us. Oh, by the way, we might have to go to war with you, but please make sure we have enough oil to do so. I mean, how freaking stupid can you be? It. This is one of the stupidest things I've... Jeez Louise. I tell you what, the 30-some-odd percent of people that think this dude's doing a good job have got to be the most delusional people on this freaking earth. 
And the fact of the matter is, you can. there's no way in hell you can go to the gas pump, go to the grocery store, go to wherever it is you buy your daily goods and think that this guy being president is a good thing. But the way that breaks down is right now oil is around $75 a barrel. Okay, so gas prices right now on average in the country are around three thirty-five a gallon. Now, obviously, in some places that's higher. I think in California it's over $4, upwards of $5 a gallon. Uh, I'm sure other places, Hawaii, whatever, I'm sure it's even higher. What that means is gas is looking to go up to about $100 a barrel, or I'm sorry, oil, about $100 a barrel, which just on that number alone is going to push your average up to $4 a gallon. That's the average. So uh, in California, you're probably looking at around 6 bucks a gallon. And that's average. Now, that doesn't include if there's a hurricane, if there's a situation, if there's an, in, if there's an incursion, <laughs> if there's anything that goes on, that number's going to spike. When Trump was in office, I think the average was 259 I think I saw. Which is still high. I mean, granted, you know, you're, when you're an old man like me, it was a nickel. No, it wasn't that cheap. But still, you know, you remember when gas was in the under $2. I think even around here in Florida and parts of Florida when Trump was in office, it was, it was under $2 a lot, of, a lot of his time up until the last year of his presidency. The point being is Americans are paying $144 million more for gas per day under Joe Biden than under Trump. This isn't this isn't DTOM breaking news. I didn't come up with that figure. This is out of Newsweek. Okay? So Americans are now paying roughly $144 million more dollars in gas per day under President Biden than they were under Trump. Using data gathered from the U.S. Energy Information Information uh, Administration, Newsweek calculated that between February and July the price of gas, gas averaged around $3 a gallon. The most recent data on that number of gallons was consumed, put Americans' consumption around roughly 370 million gallons a day over that time par, pa, uh, period, leaving daily dollars spent at $1.12 billion. In contrast, the average price of gas from 2017 to 20 under Trump was around 257 a gallon. I was close. I said 259. Gas consumption over that time period was roughly 378 million gallons per day, placing the daily amount of dollars around 972 million. And that's 144 million less than what it is under Biden. And this was, this is Newsweek. This isn't Fox. This isn't OAN. This isn't Newsmax. Uh, when, when facts are true, they can't lie. Okay? All right. Next up. What do we got here? What do we got? All right. More bad news. Let's go. <laughs> so, I did, on the last show, I talked about um, stuff, right? And it was crazy. I used words and everything. <laughs> so, yesterday, the um, we saw, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but England's really backing off all of its covid stuff, right? Well, I came across this story. This is from Forbes. Okay. Europe kicks off some of the world's most sweeping vaccine mandates and fines. Okay. So this is in 
So older people, older people not vaccinated against COVID-19 face monthly, monthly fines in Greece as of Monday. The latest in a string of targeted restriction as governments across Europe turn up the heat on vaccine holdouts in an effort to relieve pressure on struggling healthcare systems and combat record levels of coronavirus infections. People ages 60 and over in Greece who have not been vaccinated against COVID-19 will be fined around $115 a month, part of a government bid to cut down on disproportionate number of deaths and hospitalizations in the vulnerable group. Italy also made vaccines um, compulsory for older people over 50 in January, expanding existing restrictions that bars most unvaccinated people from public transport and venues like restaurants and bars. In Austria, is set to introduce one of the bloc's and world's strictest vaccine mandates from February, making vaccination compulsory for ages for everyone ages 18 and over. Vaccine holdouts will reportedly face a fine of up to $4,100 under the law, which is first announced in November and will not be enforced until the middle of March. Unvaccinated uh, people ages 16 and over in France will be excluded from the most from most public venues this week under the government's new vaccine pass law, which President Emmanuel Macron said is designed to piss off nation's vaccine holdouts. His words, not mine. The barrage of strict policies targeting the unvaccinated across Europe come in as the region stares down one of its worst outbreaks of the pandemic since the pandemic began. Much of Europe was already fighting a fierce COVID wave driven by the Delta variant before the Omicron variant began spreading. Since then, a string of countries have announced record high infections. Omicron is on track to infect more than half of Europe over the next two months. The WHO, not the ban, urged countries to still take the disease seriously as several, including Spain and the UK, try to live with COVID on account of Omicron's lower death and hospitalization rates despite soaring case numbers. What to watch for? Germany's vaccine mandate. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, I see nothing, pushed for the man- mandatory vaccination before being elected chancellor in November, has supported the idea since the initial initially touted law early February. It has yet to materialize and has also seen pushback to March and still faces tough, tough opposition and debate in Parliament. And I'll say this about that. I don't know if these people are elected. But if, if uh, Chancellor Olaf Scholz was running for chancellor and you elected him, people in Germany, I know I have some, uh, some German listeners, I would assume you guys didn't <laughs> vote for this person, but I'm assuming it was a vote was taken. Uh, that's on y'all. You know, when you vote for these people and they're saying the things they say, like I, I had stuff back when Phil Murphy was running for re-election in New Jersey, and he came out saying he was going to do mandates. So Project Veritas did a report on that. And they still voted for him. You know, voting has consequences. Now, granted, he didn't win by much, and he almost lost, but a win's a win, right? So, which brings us to uh, England. So yesterday, uh, all plan COVID, plan B COVID restrictions, including mask wearing, to end in England. 
Plan, uh, PM says Plan B measures will stop on January 26th and compulsory self-isolation for people with COVID-19 on March 24th. Boris Johnson has announced the end of all COVID measures introduced to combat the Omicron variant. Compulsory mask wearing on public transportation and in shops, guides to work from home, and vaccine certificates from the next week. The Prime Minister also told the Commons that the legal requirements on people with the coronavirus to self-isolate would be allowed to lapse when the regu- regulations expire on March 24th. I'm not going to read the whole story because it kind of is what it is, right? Boris Johnson said, we're not doing this no more. We're not going to have the mandates. We're not going to have the vaccine passes. We're not doing this. People are losing their fucking minds over this. <laughs> There's people in England that are literally upset about this. Now, why are they upset? Okay, are they upset because they believe that he's trying to get everyone killed in that country? Is it more of a situation that they're pissed because they bowed down to the authoritarianism of what the WHO and RCDC, I don't know what it's called in England, if it's called CDC or what, but what these these oligarchs and these these magistrates and all these fucking people told, take, this is what you're going to do or you're not going to be able to live your life. Yes, sir. I mean, take what I was reading to you about Greece and Italy and all these other countries in Europe that are bowing down and fining you. What, what happens when they finally say, okay, fuck it, we're wrong, we're not going to worry about that shit. Do you get your money back? I know in America... We're having issues with that. That's part of the reason why I'm so pissed off with the division and everything that we have going on in this country is this president did this. This Congress, these people did this to this country and did this to the world. And by by that, I mean they're the ones that came out and said, you have to do this to be able to do that. You have to get the vaccine to be able to live your life. When all this started, it was like, you know, 15 days of slow to spread. Okay, then it was... We're going to reopen slowly, which like in Florida we did, other states did, some states didn't, um, but eventually did. But then it was six, you know, keep your distance, wash your hands, wear a mask. Vaccines came out. Okay, we need everyone vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people didn't get vaccinated, still haven't gotten vaccinated and choose not to get vaccinated, which guess what? It's their God-given right to, so sugar water. And you have 60% or, you know, I would say there's probably 30, 40% in this country that are fully vaccinated. That's three shots and, you know, looking for the fourth, right? High and dry looking for a ball. And those 30, 40% are very pissed at people like me because I refuse to take this shot. And it looks like I was in my perfectly well God-given right to do so because obviously it doesn't work it's not 100% effective it might make you sicker and what's what's even in it oh we won't we can't tell you that for 75 years anything that you're injecting into your body that you're that you feel like you're being forced to do so and they can't even tell you what's in it or you have to sign a release to take it you got to ask why. But no, let me go. I just don't want to wear the mask. I want to be able to go on a cruise ship. I want to be able to go to England or overseas or wherever. I want to be able to do these things. I'll just do it. I'll just do it so I can get along. Go along to get along. You were lied to. 
for a year. You've been lied to. Don't be mad at me or people like me that chose not to do this. Be mad at these motherfuckers that made you or what you think they made you do. Do That's their fault. Just because I wasn't a sucker like the 60% or whatever they got the first shot and the other 20, 40% they got the second shot and the other 40% they got the third shot. That's y'all's problem. You, I would say everyone that took the two shots did the two shots at least because they felt they had to. If they wanted to live their life and go about life as they go to restaurants, go on cruise ships, do whatever, they felt they had to do this. I know of people personally, and those were the words that came out of their mouth. They felt like they had to do this. Not for a, from a health or safety or trying to be healthy standpoint. They literally felt that they had to do this. Well, how do they feel now? And the 30 more percent that went ahead and got their booster shots are really pissed because people like me are killing everybody. But uh, I don't see it like that. And that's all that matters to me. And then I also, you know, I told you guys the other day, Japan also bans COVID masks, uh, vax mandates, discrimination, masks, so on and so forth. And they even slapped a label, a warning label on the on the vaccine. They still, all these countries, mind you, still encourage you to get the vaccine. Um, but they're not going to make you get it. And that's fine with me. You can encourage me all the fuck you want. <laughs> Just don't make me do something I don't want to do. All right. And what else do we got here? Okay, last story of the day. It's breaking news. This just in. This just in. Biden administration considering evacuating Americans from the Ukraine. Now, why would that be? President Joe Biden's administration is considering evacuating family members of U.S. diplomats stationed in Ukraine this week as Russia is poised to invade with approximately 100,000 troops close to Ukraine's border. According to sources familiar with no matter with the matter who spoke with Bloomberg on Friday, all family members of diplomatic personnel would be ordered to return home under the plan. Any diplomatic personnel deemed non-essential would also have the option to voluntarily leave. The story is fluid. It is new. This just came out. Guys, there's about to be some shit happening in Ukraine. Okay? Um, and I would say a lot of it stems from the speech that this dipshit gave yesterday. He literally gave the green light for this to happen. This 100,000 troops on the border, that's not new. They've been there for a couple of months. We talked about it a couple months ago. We put the pictures on our Facebook page. This isn't new. Those troops have been there waiting for this opportunity. And what happened yesterday? Joe Biden gave him the green light. So there's your president working hard for you, the people of Ukraine, the people of this world. The quote-unquote most powerful man of the free world has just fucked you. All right, guys. A uh, little bit of on the side note, I'm going to wrap things up. Uh, I'm going to be on vacation this week coming, uh, but never fear. D-Tom is here. Uh, what I'm working on, and I've already put one in the can, so to speak, 
is a three-part series on the rise and fall of great empires in the history of mankind. I was going to do a two-parter, but, you know, I talk too much, and this shit's really good, in my opinion. So I won't be here on Sunday with live, or, you know, of course it's not live, it's podcast, but more of an up-to-date situation. I will release the first part of this series. It's not going to be a back-to-back-to-back series. I'm probably going to do a, one part each week. Um, and I, what I'm doing in this series is, and I, and I think I'm going to make it an ongoing series. This particular thing is is a three-part series. Like I said, it's about the history of empires, the rise and fall of great the five great empires that we know of in in our human history, and how that correlates to what we're dealing with today. Uh, I personally, in doing the research for this, felt, thought it was very interesting, some of the stuff, and some of the things that happened two, 3,000 years ago for some of these great empires that you guys all know about. You know the basic idea of what these, who ruled and what they ruled, but you don't know what brought them to power and then what caused their demise. So it's very interesting I believe, uh, I hope you guys like it. So please subscribe to the uh, website, Don't Tread on America. And please, whatever app you're listening to this on, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbeam, Amazon, Stitcher, uh, unknown devices. (laughs) I know there's some oddball stuff I see on the downloads, but nonetheless, wherever you're listening to this on, guys, if you would please subscribe to the page. Subscribe to the uh, to the podcast. You'll get updates. I'm telling you, I personally believe I'm keeping each segment of this uh, Empire series uh, down to an hour, so it won't drag on and won't be too monotonous. And for example, in the first part, I go over two. I'm doing two empires a series. There's there's five um, with a six to be named. And uh, what I do is in the first two. And the second, you know, each one I correlate what their rise and fall was and how that correlates to what we're seeing today in this country. I think it's a good thing. I hope you guys do too. Please, when you listen to it, um, like I said, it'll, it'll actually be available on Sunday. Um, let me know what you think. If you go to the Facebook page, Don't Tread on America, or on our Twitter, DTOM underscore 1775. And like I said, if you subscribe to our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com, drop me a line, guys. Let me know what you think. And uh, if you have any suggestions for future series, let me know. All right, guys. For that, it is Friday, January 21st through 2022. I am your host, Don Q. You guys have a fantastic day, and I will catch you. I'll be back here Wednesday. I will be back here Wednesday. But please, guys, check out the series starting on Sunday, The Rise and Fall of the Great Empires of Our History. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Have a great day.